Well, welcome again, everyone. Welcome to all the dads out there. Welcome to Riverwood, whether you're joining us here, uh, not in Drosty Hall, but our own location here, uh, Riverwood Church, whether you're joining us online. Such a pleasure to be with you today. Open up your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. We're going to continue our series today in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. If you brought your, like your, your old, uh, old-fashioned hard copy Bible, awesome. If you've don't have that, feel free to uh, load up the Bible app. If you're joining us online, uh, hit that Bible tab up and join us, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Hold your fingers there in Proverbs chapter 3. Today, today we're going to talk about this word called pride. And pride can mean different things to different people. My guess is some of you today said something like this, Dad, I'm so proud of you. That's not the type of pride we're talking about today. That's more of an admirational type of emotion. We're talking instead about a different type of pride, an overinflated view of oneself based upon our knowledge or our accomplishments. So an overinflated view of ourself, our knowledge, our accomplishments. In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis refers to pride as the great sin The great sin. Check out this excerpt from the book, Mere Christianity, by C.S. Lewis. There is no fault which makes a man more unpopular, and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves. And the more we have it, the more we dislike it in others. The vice I am talking of is pride, or self-conceit, and the virtue opposite to it In Christian morals, it's called humility. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It's an overinflated view of ourselves based upon our knowledge or our accomplishments. Pride, though, can also be a little bit more subtle. I want to share with you an illustration about my very first car. What was your first car? Up on the screen here was my very first car back in high school, uh, mine was blue, a 1984 Mercury Marquis, leather interior. I mean, this was awesome for a high school student. Uh, I'll never forget, though, I was driving along Highway 20 one day near Jessup, Iowa, you know, cruising along, you know, about 65 miles an hour or so, and all of a sudden, my car just stopped. So I had to pull over on the side of the road. I had to call my dad. And uh, as it turned out, um, there's this thing called the temperature gauge. And when it gets really hot, that's not really good for your vehicle. And so we had to tow that vehicle uh, all the way to the junkyard. And my dad was really nice in that moment. He did not remind me of all of the times he had been reminding me in the past to check the fluids every single time I, you know, gassed up. And to frequently, you know, do the things you're supposed to do in car maintenance mode. You see, I thought that I knew a lot about car maintenance as a teenager. And as it turns out, I didn't. There's a subtle sense of pride in me, and that's also what we're talking about today. Riverwood Church, I have some really good news today, and I have some really bad news. The bad news first. We all deal with and suffer from pride. We all do. The good news is that today's passage gives us clear instructions for how we can protect ourselves from that pride. So here we are, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. My son, 
do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you today for the opportunity to gather here in Waverly, Iowa and online. Lord, we especially thank you for the fathers and future fathers among us. Lord, as we consider this passage from Proverbs, will you help us? Lord, will you protect us from pride that creeps up in our lives? Lord, would you protect me from pride this morning? Lord, we know that you are with us today. I ask that your inspired word will teach us something, just something about you, and that something would deeply penetrate our hearts. Lord, we ask this all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so our message today is entitled Protection from Pride. Protection from Pride. In Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 8, we are going to find out where to find protection from pride, who gives us protection from pride, and how to live a life in protection from pride. So where, who, and how. Go ahead and say to the person next to you, where, who, and how. Go ahead right now. Where, who, how. All right, here, let's get started with the where, with the where. All right, first, in verses one through four, where do we find protection from pride? Here we go. Uh, We find protection from pride by remembering and meditating upon the scriptures. And that means first that we have to know it. Check out verse one right now with me. Verse one says, do not forget my teaching. Do not forget my teaching. Last week, I had the pleasure of teaching in Kids Creek. And if you've never been back in Kids Creek, uh, our children's ministry, Bridget does an absolutely wonderful job of trying to help our kids understand and to know the scriptures. She often starts out by reviewing the scriptures from the previous week. Then we watch a video about scripture for the current week. Then we do another activity about the scriptures from the current week. Then we read the scriptures from the current week. Then we do a game about the scriptures from the current week. Like it's just repetition over and over and over and over again because understanding the scripture is so incredibly important. How well do you know God's word? How well do I know God's word? Some of us, uh, (laughs) we might have grown up memorizing the scripture in Sunday school or Awanas, yet life gets busy. I'll tell you one thing right now. I, had, I feel like I had a lot more time before kids than I did having four kids. There's just a lot more time in life to, to, to do things. And so right now it's a struggle sometimes to really understand and to memorize the scripture. As I think about a time, though, in God's word, where it would have been easy to not remember the scripture, the Israelites come to mind. As the Israelites were being delivered out of the wilderness, you recall they spent a lot of time in the wilderness 
What is the very first thing that God said to the Israelites? It comes from Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse one. This is when things were going well in the Israelites' life. Here's what God had to say. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply. You see, God knew, even the Israelites who had depended to depend upon God for days and years and years and years, he knew that they were also going to be tempted, now that things were going well, to neglect his commandments. Robert Conquest was a Russian historian. He is known for three laws of politics. His first law of politics states this. Everyone is conservative about what he knows best. Let me repeat that. Everyone is conservative about what he knows best. Now, he's not talking about politically conservative here. He's talking about people like you and me tend to reject radical change in areas that we know well. When we think that we understand things, we're less likely to dig into God's word. This phenomenon plays itself out in our daily lives, right? When things are going well, we tend to get that overinflated view of our knowledge and our ability to do things well. We often point to ourselves as having made some pretty good decisions in life. The author of Proverbs, though, in verse 1 today says, Do not forget my teaching, especially when things are going well. But that's not all. Stick stick with me in verse one here. It also says, but let your heart keep my commandments. You see, it's one thing to know God's commandments. It's another thing to have these commandments on our heart. It's easy just to walk into Riverwood Church, isn't it? To listen to Pastor Aaron preach a wonderful message and then to walk out and feel like that, that was our dose of scripture for the week. In fact, I would guess that somewhere along the line of 80 to 90% of the stuff I'm sharing with you today, you already know. You, you knew it before I even said it. That's why in Psalm 119, verses 10, 11, the psalmist says this, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I shared with some of you that in the distant past, I was a high school math teacher. And I was a high school math teacher in the era in which the movie Napoleon Dynamite was popular. Some of you remember that movie? And I got to admit, every single day, these students would come to my math class, and I wanted to talk about math, and they wanted to quote Napoleon Dynamite. And I had not seen the video yet. I didn't really understand what they're talking about, Tina, and all this other weird and wild, crazy stuff in Napoleon Dynamite. And why putting tots in your pocket might be funny. I don't know. Until one day, I told Cassie, we need to watch this video. And soon I figured out why this movie was so silly, yet quotable. My students, and then eventually I, could quote Napoleon Dynamite inside and out. God desires for his word to be like these movie quotes. To know them, to repeat them, to care about them so much that we want to share them with others like movie quotes. 
This is what it means to keep his scripture in our hearts. You see, when we are tempted to think about these overinflated thoughts, we need a reminder of who God is and who we are in relation to his goodness. Matthew 12, among many other places, this scripture is not on the screen, but in many places in scripture it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A heart full of God's commandments is less likely to fall into pride. Let me repeat that. A heart full of God's commandments is less likely to fall into pride. So we need to know God's word. We need to impress it upon our heart. And when we do so, the author of Proverbs in verse two now says that there's a benefit. It will add lengths of years and peace to our lives. Being under God's authority is where true joy is found. Often our household, when we're trying to help our four kids understand what what they should do and should not do, we use this analogy called being inside the circle of obedience. And we talk about how, how joyful it is to be inside the circle of obedience, and that most of the time means doing what mom and dad say that they're supposed to do. Speaking of doing what mom and dad say you're supposed to do, when's the last time you dug into what it really says in the fifth commandment? Check it out. It's on the screen right now from Exodus 20, verse 12. Many of us remember the first part of this commandment. Honor your father and your mother, right? Like that's, that's what comes to mind. We think of the, fir- the fifth commandment. But there's more. Honor your father and mother. In other words, be under authority that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You see, God gives us a reason to honor those in our authority, which is so that we may live in a state of true joy. The world says, do what you want to be happy. God says, do what I say to live in a joyous life. Y'all remember that 1984 Mercury Marquis I was bragging to y'all about? I'll never forget one day, I was driving that vehicle to school as a teenager. It was foggy in the morning, and I left early because I was going to school to get extra help for math. I thought that I had a pretty good view of my driving ability and how it aligned with the law. As it turns out, a police officer thought otherwise. I was speeding, and so I got my first ever speeding ticket. And I'll tell you what, kids, If you haven't got a speeding ticket yet, it's not a good feeling. It's definitely not a good feeling when you know you have to sit through class the entire day, knowing that at the end of the day, when you drive that same vehicle home, at or under the speed limit for sure, and you have to tell your parents about that first speeding ticket. My gut just hurt all day long because I knew I was going to have to tell my parents about that speeding ticket. Not to mention I had to work a couple extra hours at the restaurant to pay for that speeding ticket. It was not the place that God wanted me to be, and it was definitely not the place that I wanted to be. God instead wants us to be in a a place of enjoyment and under his authority. When we have an overinflated view of our accomplishments and our abilities, we find ourselves in a place of hurt. So we've talked about where now, to find protection from pride. Let's transition to who gives us protection from pride. This comes from verses five and six. 
If you're of the underlining or the highlighting type, I'm just going to take Pastor Aaron's thunder right now. Of our entire Proverbs series, there are two of the most popular verses, perhaps the verses you might want to underline or highlight. It's right now in our passage today. It comes from verses five and six. I'm going to read them for you right now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. For some people in our world, and maybe this is you, all of this stuff in the Bible seems like rules and laws and to-dos. Why do I have to do that? It just doesn't make sense. It only makes sense if we realize who gives us protection from pride. And that person's name is God. He wants to protect us from pride. He has enacted these commandments and these rules and these laws for a reason. He wants to guide your path and my path away from pride, away from an overinflated view of ourselves. Note in our scripture today that there are two steps for how to do this. The first one is to trust and acknowledge and the, step, the second one is to not lean on our own understanding. So first, let's take a look at trust and acknowledge. I love how Jeremiah chapter 9 says this. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24 says this. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. If pride is the overinflated view of our abilities, then trusting the person who protects us from pride, God, is the antidote. Rather than depending upon and boasting on our own accomplishments, trusting and acknowledging God looks and sounds like us remembering who he is and what we actually deserve. It also involves us remembering how much he loves us, how much he desires justice and righteousness here on earth. When all of this happens, it quickly deflates our overinflated balloon and it suffocates our prideful intentions. So first, we need to trust and acknowledge. Second, we need to not lean on our own understanding. For some of us, we lean on our own understanding without even thinking about it or realizing it. Some of us, we, we, we're struggling with something, and our first stop is Amazon.com, the self-help book section. I've been there, maybe you have, or maybe Barnes and Noble. Some of us, we, we think maybe we went to a really awesome college. We went to a really awesome training, and so we have all the answers. Some of us, some of us just think that we know it. Here is a crazy, it's just a wild and crazy analogy or illustration. It comes from Pastor Tim Keller. Think about this right now with me. 
Think about when you were 13 years old. Some of us are, are right at 13 years old. Think about yourself as a 13-year-old. Now think about yourself as a 15-year-old. As a 15-year-old, my guess is you look back at your 13-year-old self and you thought, what was I thinking? And now think of yourself as a 25-year-old. You look back at yourself as a 15-year-old and you think, wow, what was I thinking? Some of us in the room are closer to 55 years old. And we look back at ourselves earlier and we say, what were we thinking as a 25-year-old? And Lord willing, if we get to 85 or 105 years old, we're going to look back at our 40-year-old self and say, we knew very little. So what's this illustration mean? We were both a fool five years ago and today. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a fool. And you were a fool five years ago. Now, that's kind of funny, right? That's kind of funny, isn't it? Perhaps you've heard the phrase, God will never give you more than you can handle. That's simply not true. That's simply not true. Today's passage instead reminds us that we are to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So, so far we've talked about where to find protection from pride. We've talked about who gives us protection from pride. Finally, I wanna talk about how to live a life in protection from pride. Verse seven <laughs> tells us first how not to do it. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You see, we often want to do God's business. We often want to do God's business. We want to be the expert. Frankly, what's this look like, though, in 2021? Being wise in our own eyes, sometimes how it plays itself out, is we want to be the expert on social media, don't we? We want to be the ones that have all the answers to the latest issues. And when someone disagrees, we want to make sure they know about it. Some of us are really forthcoming about how confident we are in our political preferences, aren't we? We're, we're so confident that we have the right candidate in mind or the right issue. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong here. If our aim is clearly rooted in Scripture, that's a different story. But some of us, if we're really honest, we like to poke, don't we? We like to have that subtle comment at work or that subtle comment at social media just to see how many likes we can get or to see how we can maybe just poke a little bit with someone who might think differently. You see, we want to be the expert in 2021. The good news is, is that God's word also gives us the clear path to show us what it looks like. Paul is a wonderful example of what all of this looks like in the Bible. If you're not familiar with Paul, Paul was an incredibly knowledgeable person in the Jewish traditions. He was incredibly knowledgeable of all things that Jewish people were supposed to do. From a Jewish perspective, Paul had all the reason to brag. He did everything the right way. He was circumcised. He was from the right tribe. He went through all the right training. 
He did everything right. If there was like an all-star team today, Paul would be on the all-star team. But check out what Paul had to say in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Check it out. Paul says this, But whatever gain I had, I counted loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. You see, living a life in protection from pride means that we value our life in Christ more than being right about politics, more than being right about the latest issues, more than even being right as a mom or a dad with our kids. Value our life in Christ is more important than getting that promotion at work, more important than as a kid seeing our name in the paper for the honor roll. It's more important than us as parents getting excited because our kids' athletic team won last Monday night. It's more important than getting the compliment from our neighbors that we somehow kept our lawn green in the midst of a drought. Instead, our identity Our true protection from pride comes from knowing who Christ is. Yet, there's an important caveat. Living a life protected from pride has eternal ramifications. You see, that same Paul person I just shared with you, he knew the gospel. He knew that we as human beings are more sinful, more sinful than we could ever imagine. Yet, we are more loved than we could ever hope. Let me explain this. You see, many of us have an overinflated view of ourselves, including myself. I have to admit that preparing for this message today was very, very difficult. A couple weeks ago, um, in a typical dad-son frustration moment, One of my sons said to me, Dad, you never say you're sorry. My gut reaction was, I sure do. But he was right. Just the fact that my son thought that I very rarely, I mean, he said never, but you know what I'm talking about here. That knew that I had prideful intentions in the way that I was parenting him. That prideful mentality That sin in me, that pride, that sin in you has eternal ramifications according to God's word. Isaiah 59, 2, it's not up on the screen. It says this, but your iniquities, your sin, my sin, your pride, my pride has made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face so that God no longer hears. You see, our sin, our pride is so huge. And some of us, we just think, oh, it's just a little thing. It's like me thinking, oh, it's just a few miles per hour over the speed limit. But God's word says our sin, our pride is more like a huge pothole in the road. It creates a chasm between us and God. 
So our, we're more sinful than we could ever imagine. Yet, Riverwood, there's wonderful, wonderful news today. We are more loved than we could ever hope. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God knew that every single person listening online in this room today, just like me, would suffer from pride. Yet he loves us so, so very much that he wants to protect us from the eternal punishment from pride and every single one of our sins. Will you accept that gift today? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the way that only you and your word and knowing your word and impressing upon our hearts can protect us from pride. Lord, I thank you for your scripture, for your word, for the example of Paul and others that give us a clear path of how to live a life in protection from pride. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for the pride, for the sin in our lives that separates us from you. We thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, that washes away our sins, that covers the pothole, that covers the chasm, that covers the gap between us and you. Lord, I pray as we leave today, as we sing songs, as we celebrate you in communion, as we celebrate that washing away of sins through the bread and the cup. That we be reminded or perhaps know for the very first time how much you love us. In Jesus' name we pray.